It's a new day in the luxurious workroom. Exactly. It, we, it's our first time back in the space. We're actually in the room which we do our work. It, it, yes, well, some of our work. <laughs> a portion of our work is in this room. Uh, any of you who joined us for the live show will will, will, will will remember fondly the beautiful space. It looks very different during the live show. It did, yeah. yeah. It was an occasion, you know? Of Just course. Bells, yeah. whistles, the whole lot. It was in drag. This <laughs> is it out of drag. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're in the heads of studios at the moment, uh, so they'll be we're just filming video content for social. Get ones, ready so. for some luxurious audio. Some Absolutely. luxurious audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we're going to discuss Drag Race Hispania season two, episode six, the ball, and some recent ITV updates. Which one do we want to get into first? Let's to- go. Let's go with the the the, the micro T first. Okay. The, the yeah this this news that RuPaul is going to be hosting. No, RuPaul is not going to be hosting. This is a different thing. RuPaul is going to be hosting. Yeah. But so ITV following the success of Drag Race UK and the success of the crossover done uh, and on um, Anton Deck. Did we discuss the, the Anton Deck moment? We did discuss okay. the Anton Deck moment. Yeah. Uh, they they are creating some some sort of competition it's going to be a celebrity drag a celebrity drag based competition called Queen of the Night I believe okay. uh, where celebrities are going to be put into drag and then judged by a panel of judges no word as of yet who the judges are we can assume none of our Rita Ora we know, we know that for sure surely Rita Ora is definitely going to be I do. Alicia Dixon oh my god <laughs> oh. and Amanda Holden there we oh. go the three. Oh my god no you know what it'll be it'll be, da- it'll be drag legend David Walliams oh. <laughs> Yeah. Him and Matt Lucas will be in there, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry, that's the bad drag. No, um, you'd love to actually see British drag queens on the panel. You'd love like Jodie Harsh. Harsh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, this is the thing about it is that like when you hear something like this, that is clearly, you know, and uh, a big network has seen drag be something that's brought in audiences. Mm. Predominantly, I'm going to assume straight heterosexual audiences yeah. that there is going to be a lack of respect for the culture behind what they are using and they're not going to maybe necessarily that it will potentially be back to the days of Little Britain and the sort of but I'm a lady mm. kind of style of drag and I, like, I hope that's not the direction I hope that they like queerify it and they like properly bring the right people in and that you get a respect for for drag and it's not just an excuse for like Danny Dyer to be like alright mate yeah <laughs> Like my eels. My name is Jilly Big Tits. Jilly <laughs> yeah. Big Tits. That's exactly what Danny Jerry's yeah. trying to be. <laughs> well, like, I wonder, does this have an impact? Because remember, like, pre-COVID, when there was still organi- like events that could be organized, um, there was, like, drag story time, and there were some drag story times that were, like, literally cancelled because parents got in arms that drag queens weren't a family event. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, does something like this even if it is like through the straight lens will see that like these queer performers can be marketed to families but I think it's about whether it's actually whether the queerness yeah, is centred queer in it yeah that's true there will be queer performers yeah. Yeah. and it's like I don't even necessarily know that you're going to because like with Drag Race obviously like and even like say Secret Celebrity Drag Race which it sounds like this is going to potentially be something of a of a hybrid of it, you know the storylines running through it where about like accepting and embracing your identity mm. about kind of overcoming adversity about like embracing the queer community drag was very much seen as being an, an arm of the gay community I hope that that's the direction they go with this this sort of feels like it's more towards 
the Masked Singer, except instead of elaborate costumes, it's going to be drag. I don't know if there's going to be a mystery about them, but I feel it's going to be that element of like perform in a guise that we don't recognize you in. I think like Stars in Your Eyes meets the Masked Singer. That's what I think it's going to be. Do you know, I'm actually not mad at, I mean, I'd, I would be all here if it was just start, straight up Stars in Your Eyes. Yeah. I'm like, give it to me. Give <laughs> it to me. You know, I, I don't care. And like, But it, it just is, you know, when when drag is part of our community and, and something which has been a vessel for educating people mm. to sort of strip, it's almost like for them to like take it and strip away the queerness just to, to market it back to people who maybe are fans of Drag Race but don't necessarily care about the connection to the queer community would, would concern. Will me. you watch it? Oh God, I watch so much Drag Race content at the moment that I'm not sure I could be bothered. Will you watch if Carrie Catone is on it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hope you're listening. That's all they need. <laughs> yeah, and then in other ITV news, uh, it was announced as well that RuPaul is going to host a game show on ITV called Lingo. Now, I've heard of Lingo recently enough because during the, uh, the Wordle epidemic of the early 2022s, um, I was chatting to a Dutch friend and he said that there was a show on in the Netherlands called Lingo, which is effectively Wordle, except I think you play as like two teams guessing letters rather than just one person. Um, and yeah, so it looks like Rue's going to basically host Wordle, the game show on ITV with British celebrity contestants, Why? of whom he probably won't know. Why does Rue just want to be a game show host? Like that seems to be, like, I mean, he wants to be like a classic, like sort of 1970s style game show host. Uh, fair play to him. Um, is he not the most... I think they use the word winningest at the finale. Like, he's won so many host things. He's, yeah, maybe this is ages. I don't know. But, like, I get the I get the impression from him that he's kind of like, I'm winding down in my career now. I've had a, a good success. So then I see things like this and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Hey, get off Vernon Kay's patch. <laughs> oh, justice <laughs> for the adulterer Vernon Kay. <laughs> no, I just, I just, like... I'd love if he gave up Drag Race UK and he did this instead. And give Drag Race UK to the Vivian or something. Yeah, I would be very up for that. I think that it would be exciting. Like, I mean, I think that one of the... Like, Drag Race UK has, has undoubtedly been, like, massively successful mm-hmm. and done incredibly well. But I do think we've seen with Drag Race Down Under and elements within the Drag Race UK season three in particular, kind of Rue's placement there has hampered the the format. Yeah. So I do, I do think that it would be nice for him to step away and for them to like be able to properly like Britishify it. Mm. So eventually we might get a fucking Silla Black and Snatch game. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. Maybe all Star 7 we might get a Silla. I doubt it. It's going to be an American show. But I have to say there's a part of me that just feels like all Star 7 is like the culmination of the franchise and it's going to be the end of Drag Race as we know it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's other series in the works, but kind of feel it's like this is it. This is the 15 year trajectory. This is where it all ends. This is the peak at the peak. You know, this is going to go out with a bang. Game. This is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. So th- this is this is the, the this like the Avengers back together, and then they all get killed, and we get a new crop. Um, no, I agree with you. It has that feeling, and there is a bit of me like I kind of think that in in a way. This winner's format will probably will will bring back a huge amount of the audience who probably have parted ways with the show over mm. the years. So I could see it being an incredibly successful series, but I don't know whether like I I I think that 
you know, addressing the elephant in the room, I would say that there is like drag race fatigue is real. Mm -hmm. There is dwindling quality, more spotty kind of like high points. So I do think that like, you know, the, the decline of drag race has, you know, begun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, I think that like this, probably this moment, this like bringing the winners back is a way to sort of either spark a second renaissance or perhaps to just kind of watch it be the point at which it all goes off the cliff. Because Drag Race Belgium was also Belgique was an event during the week, and you couldn't find two more unenthusiastic people as the people who are talking to you right now. I know. I don't know what it was that I just was like, no, I don't want. I- no, I mean, you know, hey guys, this is this is our space. This is all of us our space. Yeah, we can talk about the fact that you know boundaries need to be set, and perhaps mm. you know Drag Race Belgium might be because it does feel like. I mean, guys, we've had. You know, Drag Race Holland, Drag Race France. You know, we we've. But I, I, look, maybe this is somewhat uncultured of me. But it's like Belgium is has is clearly divided between like the Dutch speaking part and the French speaking part, and we've had the Dutch speaking part. We've had Dutch drag, and we're going to have French drag. And I'm just kind of like, I wonder how different Belgian drag is going to be. And we've already had Seder Jean and Vanessa Van Cartier and Jurigi Derkley, who we'll talk about later on, who are all Belgian queens. And I'm kind of just like, yeah, I like them all, but. Is this really going to add something new to the conversation? I mean, no. But then again, maybe it will. Maybe and it we'll will. Be. And you know, you, you do have to, like you might have turned around to me a, a year and a half ago and said Drag Race España is coming, and I'd have been like, eh, I mean, we'll see. And now it is, by I would say, all accounts, probably the most cutting edge and best mm. version of the franchise. So you know, maybe the Belgians are going to like you know they're 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 not they're not coming to waffle. They're they're coming, coming to, to fry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to clog the competition in the head. From an outsider's perspective, like Dutch culture feels so far from Spanish culture, which is very far from Canadian culture. But it's like now we're beginning to see, you know, the the different pockets of the world get closer and closer and the the cultural uniqueness that makes it appealing is kind of dwindling. Then again, I've got to say now if you heard two American podcasters having this conversation about UK Irish Ireland. drag race being But to be honest, I kind of think, to a certain degree, that's kind of also why I wouldn't want an Irish drag race. I just want Irish people, uh, UK and Ireland drag race. Yeah, but, but like also Project Catwalk. I, I don't trust the production value Oh my Ireland. God, could you imagine how desperate it would be? TV3, I mean, I mean it would obviously be Virgin Media and it would be all shot in like I don't know Alan Hughes wardrobe and it would just be terrible like the glow, the glow up was good I guess but but glow up I think like glow up was glow up was very good but I think that glow up was good because like it sort of because of covid they had to like flex into just doing it in a much more in situ kind of mm. way and so they had the that like center out in Ballymun that they were using mm. was it the axis or something i can't remember and it it like because they were filming it in that space like i think that they yeah, it wasn't done in like a, a tv studio that looked and felt yeah. cheap yeah. Whereas I think that if you were going to get a drag race, it would be basically done on the same stage set as Ireland AM. And they would be having to take it up and down every night. And it would be echoey. And everything would be like the Isle of Fernando's well, from the awful version. And you'd be able to see the chair. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. The chair. On the plus side, though, maybe we'd get the gig, you know. <laughs> we'd be hosting the official podcast. <laughs> I want to be on a makeover challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into Espanya season six which is a, a, a season two episode six which is a season that's still keeping my interest which i think is good but i definitely felt this episode and look maybe this is just the post snatch game 
um, effect, which is like, it felt like we're beginning, it's the beginning of the end for the season. It kind of was like, we have our four front runners now, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I am really enjoying, I think one of the things that I'm finding very interesting about Drag Race España compared to any of the other franchises is mm-hmm. that, like one of the most compelling reasons I watch it is the judging panel. Yeah. Like I, I love the judging panel and you get excited and usually like with, with even with Drag Race US or Drag Race UK sometimes, you know, when you get to the point where the judges are kind of, you know, doing their deliberation, you kind of want to just like zip through it because mm. you want to just get to the other end. But with this, you actually really want to see what they have to say. So that definitely sets it apart for me and why I'm like enjoying it on another level. But you are right. I do think now it feels obvious where we're headed yeah, and it is kind of just like right. We're going to gradually cut off the dead weight. Well, I was. Oh, I, I didn't necessarily mean that as a critique, but it just kind of was. Like, there, there's that point in the season that you're like, okay, we're near the end now, and I I really felt it in this episode. Speaking of the judges, though, I don't think Anna Loking has really give given it to us this season the way she did last season. Like, I still like her, but I feel I've got more enjoyable moments from the Happies that I did in season one. I got more enjoyable. From having from, from the Loking one as well. Oh, did you? Okay. I like Loking too. I mean, I think that that you know she is fab. Her makeup is always gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I think she gets very impassioned. She clearly cares a lot. She yeah. She's she's gives great feedback around around fashion and design. So I like I I still think I think she's in there. Like I think that when she is competing against the Havies, it's difficult because they are both so spectacular. Yeah, but I think I w- if you would ask me this some last year, I think I would have said I preferred Anna as the, as the judges. Mm. And you prefer uh, Ambrosie or Calvo? I would have said I preferred Calvo, but Am- Ambrosie's really winning me over with those big uh, puss and boots eyes that oh. are quick to tear. Yeah, I'm all. Just a creepy thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, in a sexual way. I just he's very compelling as a, as a character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on let's move on to uh, yeah the opening of the episode and Diamante is talking about having outlip synced Onyx which I think in hindsight it would have been nice to see Onyx in this episode I think I really was because I mean like last week I, and justifiably it was great that like Onyx did worse than the challenge yeah. Onyx did worse than the lip sync yeah. Onyx went home and it's like it's nice to watch Good. a show where everything makes sense but then this week I did kind of think okay well I feel like this is not... And I, I did a little bit feel like this week's episode didn't quite get the same trajectory because I don't necessarily think the queen who did worse than the challenge and worse than the lip sync went home. Okay. But... um, I, And I think it was saved. Be- I think the person... I think that... Like, I think Estrella was saved because Estrella is a front runner who mm. is bringing so much more to the competition than Demonte is. So I, I wasn't. Yeah, I think she did worse than the lip sync. But I was. Um, but yeah, with with Onyx, it would have been amazing to see her because I think that what she would have done this week would have been spectacular. Yeah, I think so too. What was interesting as well was Diamante like kind of bragging about not having known the words to the lip sync against Onyx, which I thought was like not a good look. No, definitely not. Like absolutely. Like I, I mean, that's something you say in the interview post the show, and you're like, gag. You know, I actually didn't know the words to that. I'm like, oh, what a fun fact. But you don't yeah. say like, you know, twenty minutes later when you're wiping off the mirror. Yeah. No, I mean, like, but I think it was it was more even the tone, because I think I can imagine, like, if, you know, 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so shocked. I completely, like, froze and forgot the lyrics and I just, like, had to do my best to make. But it wasn't. It was all like, oh, yeah, I didn't even bother to learn them. Like, there was a real sense of, like, got one over on you guys, like, which I didn't, which left a poor taste. It was unbecoming. Unbecoming. Unbecoming (laughs) of a gentle queen. Um, But I, I felt like her attitude got an awful lot of... I. This sort of like I thought that actually she's right. She's like, there's no point in being like overly upset that you sent this queen home, and even if you had a good like, you're you're all there to compete. So I yeah. kind of thought her attitude of like, it's very sorry to have seen you go, but you had to go for me to be here. So that's why. Yeah. 
I felt like that was that was a perfectly fine attitude to have. Yeah, I agree. Um, Marina gave what's 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 Matilda's surname in the movie? Can you remember? I can't like something weird. That's one of those Roald Dahl ones, like Crunkle Swanks or something. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Marina with that M stuck in her head gave me Danny DeVito in in Matilda when mm-hmm. he has that hat stuck in his head. Yeah. It was very, yeah. <laughs> which was like the most fun moment we've seen in Marina, who's been very sort of arm's length for the whole thing and quite somber. Yes, uh, three different pick crew members this time. They're not repeating. No, this is it. Obviously, it is like it's a one-time gig. Yeah, this is it. It's like all of gay culture on those on those apps. Is you see these people one time and then they're gone. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I sort of feel like as if it, I, I, like there wasn't. I, I was giving out last week. I was trying to decide if the middle guy qualified for me as being kind of like bigger. He definitely had a dad bod. You know, mm. there was there was more, but like strapping, hairy attractive man I, I really just I think th- I think you know a plus size person it's a bit like poor and like you know it when you see it and I think if you have to question it's probably not yeah. big enough for you and this is the thing is, you wouldn't want it to be like I, I wouldn't want it to sound like I'm kind of saying you know like for some fetishization or anything mm. that. like it really just is like they got all the kudos back in the first season for having a trans person oh I thought that was the start of this oh, season yes a yeah. trans person started this season and then like was it Holland had like a had like an obviously like berry plus size guy mm. and and it's like you get the kudos for that for the doing it the one time and then like you're right back to the standard thing. And it definitely was more of a diversity because like there was... Yeah, that third third pick crew member was like kind of real queer looking and had like the septum piercing. Yeah, everywhere. exactly. That was a, like Twinkie. It wasn't the typical bear crew. Yeah, I do I, I do have to say though like the, the over featuring of the pit crew on Drag Race Hispania is something that kind of it's the, frustrates it's, me. It's the zoom in on the bulge. I saw more yeah. of the bulge than I saw their faces. Also, like, it was, like, very obvious to me that the only bulge they zoomed in on was of the, like, traditionally Adonis-looking man. And they just used it three different times? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like, well, they, they didn't zoom in at all on, on the other guys. Okay. It was just kind of like, hey, guys, you know, here's the one you want to see. <laughs> we, we had an extended segment on their attractiveness last week, and I was like, we don't need this again. Like, yeah, wheel in those three recycling bins and get out of there. Yeah, exactly. Or have the recycling bins already in there because you don't need this episode to be an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> hey, at least it was only an hour and ten. <laughs> um, so basically, there's no mini challenge. Supreme, uh, you know, walks in, tells them that it's going to be a design challenge. 10th century, 20th century, 30th century look, the 30th century look you'll be making in the workroom. Uh, from recycled materials and then it's sort of somber because we won't make it to the 30th century if we don't recycle chicas which I thought was kind of you know somber note to end it on yeah. leaves it they all run they grab their, their stuff and then they're they're chatting away and nothing really happens then really until the run raids was it necessarily I can't, I can't really remember what the like there was uh, there was no like obvious mirror moment there was something with Estrella talking and crying about something but I forgot what that was about actually do you have that in your notes? I definitely remember Australia crying. Oh, yeah. Australia got a letter from her friend. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of saw that and was like, okay, well, I, I, I figured this out. Uh, I liked the walkthrough. I think that... Yes, it, that, I meant to that, say, I liked that Supreme like, got down to their level and like kneeled down and I thought they were very soft with them and gave them nice advice. Yeah. Whereas Rue, I could not imagine Rue kneeling. Ne- kneeling no, I, yeah. I couldn't imagine that. And I mean, just In also... In this Epstein Parker suit? No, absolutely. Please. I have to say... Supreme is is beating Rue in the suit game. Yeah, I think so. Like a hundred percent, but beating Rue in the suit game. I was I I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the walk walk through. I thought that Supreme gave really good feedback and was very kind of like you need to do something to up your game. You mm. need to like especially when talking to um 
to Estrella kind of like are you actually going to use both of those on your your like they're not going to look ridiculous are they yeah. like helpful critiques whereas Rue would be like okay have you considered doing Britney Silla <laughs> <laughs> <a> who <laughs> yeah I, it, it's it's a lot more maternal I feel with uh, with Supreme like yeah. I think it's proper care and nurturing support mm. whereas Rue can really favour between like how do I make this person cry for good TV yeah I, d- I do sort of wish we'd maybe gotten a walkthrough with Anna Loking for this though I think because yeah, we've had the Havies last week or the week before great idea. yeah yeah, we're right Tom. Um, yeah then after the sort of yeah, they make their thing they come back the next morning I think it's Diamante says I'd like to change my drag name to Esther Colero it took me a while to work out what you meant by that but basically Esther Colero all one word is a pile of shit so that was the pun oh <laughs> 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 on the runway <laughs> I thought Supreme looked very like Samantha Jones I see I loved this look on Supreme yeah gorgeous that purple sort of very it, you, you know it could have appeared on the Met Gala stairs could've, I would have I would have been out of there I would've, it would have been up there it would have been one of the best things it would have yeah. been just slightly worse than Blake Lively's who was the best yeah actually Blake Kim. better than, than Kim Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, May was on the panel as well. Yeah, I'm. I was delighted to see her there. It is a bit weird because, like, I we had this conversation last week about whether or not it's appropriate for like someone who didn't necessarily do particularly well in their mm. series of the franchise. Like, does it kind of send a weird message to the other weeks? But it was nice to see her there, and she's a very, very personable yeah. queen. Um, I saw her in the George a couple of weeks ago, and she's a terrific performer. And really seems to just enjoy what she does. So that was nice, a nice energy for her to bring to the to the stage. But seeing her there against the rest of the judging panel, I was a little bit like, maybe you're out of your depth. Uh, I was wondering how how tr- how much truth was in like the begging up the other queens gave to Teresa. Like, oh, she's been like one of the first Spanish queens to like go global and stuff like that. And I'm I'm wondering like how much of that is like genuine truth. They genuinely like are really proud of her and respect her, or how much of it is kind of like bigging her up because she's the guest judge. I think that was all bigging her up because she's the guest judge. Because like she only started doing drag after she moved to the UK. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. So like it's not like as if she was like a well known drag queen in Spain mm. who moved to. And I would say like as as much as her like her persona is very Spanish, I would say that her drag is very British. Yeah, and. I wonder, like, after seeing this, like, you know, uh, Carmen Ferrara versus Treats May, like, I know who I feel is more Spanish drag and who I'd book. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no question in my mind. Treats May every day. <laughs> 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 right, so we'll go through the uh, three, seven, 21 looks. Uh, we'll do a queen by queen. Sharon was up first. Her 10th century look was... The wealthy nobility. She had sort of strange makeup going on with this, but I thought there was like like gorgeous colours. Then the second uh, look for the 20th century was the arrival of the Euro, which I thought was a, was a fun shout out. And then the look she made herself was that half cardboard, half gold look, which was sort of a nod to the lack of resources we may have in the 30th century and how we'll be going back to trade in gold. Did you like these? I thought you could have seen all three of these people appearing at like a district one or two event in the hunger games 
Oh yes, okay, definitely the third definitely, one. Definitely, I think the, the first one, one as well. Yeah, mm. like I think I I did enjoy the what I what I didn't necessarily love with the first two is that it was both kind of the same concept, which was like a big foofy jacket with kind of a, a smaller costume underneath. Mm. So it was it was a bit repetitive, and that was a I think a theme. A lot of them seem to like pick a theme and then stick with like Marina. Which I did really that. appreciated. I don't think we get enough of that in the US version. We don't, but I just like I don't know. Like, if you want to have like a theme that runs through it, that's fine. But it can't be like really overly obvious. Like, I thought the the three brides of Marina, I got kind of bored. Okay, no, like I mean, because you don't see them consecutively, I would like to. I think Sharon's theme of money, I think, works well. Like wealthiness, the euro, and then gold currency. Oh, I think see, works. Well. I hadn't even I hadn't even clocked okay. that with her when I was thinking of Marina's, and I was thinking that because the only thing I was saying about Sharon was because she had like the big overcoat and that she took off for both of them. But no, actually, that that's the kind of theme I can get behind. Okay. It's subtle. It doesn't scream in your face. It's not kind of like super over obvious. Little, yeah. So I really do enjoy that. Yeah. But that, I, I wish maybe the second look hadn't been like I think that like the coat was so impressive that just leaving the coat on might have been a better thing to do. Yeah, I actually think I preferred the second, like the dress of the second look because you could see all the euros and stuff that were in it. Whereas I think the makeup sort of threw me off in terms of the nobility because I wasn't sure. I kind of got like a, that say about the ten, like was it? I couldn't work it out. I kind of got said. like a, I kind of got like an Elizabeth the first kind of that like Jacobean kind of okay. like powdered face like that mm. kind of vibe off it. Um, and I quite liked like I thought it looked sort of futuristic dystopian as well obviously which I guess wasn't really the category and I guess I don't know what Spanish kings and queens looked like um, so maybe it was good for that but yeah I was a bit confused by it um, whereas the other two I kind of got straight away um, Estrella was up next she also did a theme of military uh, characters so the first one was the chainmail knights templar look then she gave us the gay Franco soldier and then she gave us the drag robot the third one was tenuous, to be fair. They were all terrible. I liked the Franco one. I thought it was fun in camp, but it wasn't very good. Yeah, fair. And Whereas like, the other two were just bad. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, if you're going to do that thing with the cutouts on the trousers, like, the, the trousers need to fit so that they're, like, they're really kind of, like, you know, mm. tight around. The, so, like, there was just, like, a lot of ill-fitting stuff going on that second look. I mean, I think that the danger with doing something that looked I mean I know that it was a reference to Franco but you see that little moustache and it, it does bring mm. you very much to Hitler and it's like you know and no one said Frank Ho which I thought you know that well, was, that's what RuPaul would have said that's what RuPaul definitely would have said Um, I thought that the first look looked like you like sort of you could have made it for a Halloween costume in the 80s out of a pillowcase and with a bit of a red marker. It gave me a bag of chips as Oscar. Oh, yes, it did. It mm. very much did. It actually was it Marissa Prissa wore something similar to that in the first episode even, like the kind oh, of chainmail so. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I didn't think it... it no, none of none of Australia's looks worked for me. They were all questionable at best. No, I, I liked the Franco one. Yeah, it wasn't high glam, but I felt it was camp enough to be fun. I think that fits Australia's character. So I gave, I'd give her a toot for that, but the other two be boots. Okay, I'll give her a soft toot for that. Soft toot. Um, Benita Bondash. I really loved the first look, which was the moon, which revealed into like a sort of bolero with the, with the stars in it. Then she gave us a 60s lady with loads of pearls on it. And when she turned around, it said... Uh, Franco's dead on the back and then the third look was this like 
Venus flytrap green fl- like flower look, which I thought looked a bit messy. And I think, again, it was tied back to resources, which is like, oh, in the future, we won't have any natural resources. So we'll have to like basically use plants and stuff like that. Um, I think that Sharon deserved to be in the top over Benita in this episode. I would agree with you on that. I loved the first look. I yeah, thought the first agreed. look was beautiful it was stunning like I loved the like face everything about it was gorgeous the second look I thought was fine I didn't necessarily you know like the like the whole pulling the pearls mm. I, like I, it, it nothing it was funny-ish I, I thought guess. it was well coordinated but I just didn't I didn't get the character yeah and then the last one I, I agree I think it was quite messy because it just looked like like lots of crap stuck on top of it yeah. like yeah whereas with Sharon's everything did look intentional yeah it was a bit crafty, as Ross yeah. Matches might say. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd get red on the internet for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Diamante was next. She gave us the Mosque of Cordoba um, up first, which I really liked, actually. I liked how it hung. The hem was done in this really sort of ornate, sort of you know arabesque style. I really quite enjoyed it. Then there was a second look. Was, like the Gaudi Barcelona. Yeah, Gaudi. That's the word I can't read in my notes. Uh, so the Criso Balto. Uh, look um, in in Barcelona and then the third one was the post-apocalyptic antenna look so I thought that and actually I think she got this feedback a bit about the first two looks which is kind of just that they were good but they didn't necessarily feel like mm. they, they fit and I, I got that like like I did enjoy the first look but I just couldn't understand like what exactly it was telling me and Mm. then the second look as well I was like okay so you know my first like obviously the 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 basilica or or whatever it is is when I think of Gaudi that's the first thing I think of because it's the the Sagrada Familia yeah Yeah. so that's the one obviously and then that like has that like very kind of like you know very specific style Mm. so like I suppose because I'm not, I don't have that ref- the references for the other ones instantly. I was like, this doesn't seem like it fits with what I expected to see, and there was that clash between like the highly floral pattern on the kind of flamenco mm. skirt with the like armored thing, which just like didn't seem to tie together for me. Mm. So I like there was lots of elements in both of these looks that I really liked, but the one thing I came around feeling wise, I just couldn't tell what sort of a queen Demonte is. Yeah, because it's like. Like, is she like a flips and kicks dancing queen as she kind of has sold herself as in different places? Or is she this like high concept conceptual queen as she is coming? And I just am like, I yeah, think she right. needs to figure that out. Yeah, she doesn't know. She's not camp. Yeah. She's not fashion. She's not concept. She's a good performer. She's like a jack of all trades, kind of. But, but like only, yeah. a, only a small jack. Yeah. And I think like she with with these looks like I know that you know people want to like operate outside of, like you want to see queens like operate outside of their comfort zone but I do think that picking something that's in more in your lane kind of you know maybe doing something that is more dancerly or more mm. kind of performance based would have been better. Also the third look was pretty shocking bad. <laughs> so you know it's pretty bad. I've been to the mosque in Cordoba and it didn't ring any bells per se but I did like the look but when Anna Loking said it's a great look it just isn't drag I was like you go girl Anna that's exactly what was wrong <laughs> with it um, so yeah like I think in, you know in, in the world of Lallery's bag dress I think she was a good bit off that I think Australia mm-hmm. was a lot closer to it yeah. Um, but yeah I think she definitely deserved to be in the bottom 
Drag Setlass was up next for the tenth entry look. She gave us the parchment look, which was inspired by the Glossas Emilianas, which are the oldest manuscripts in Spain. Then there, the twentieth entry look was the sort of binary chipboard which I loved the hair was like these fiber optic cables looking in the wig and that was great and then the 30 the 30th entry look was this like sort of punk bunker look I think with all the geometric patterns um yeah I liked all of these I thought they were all fantastic mm. I loved the, the the first look um and yeah the the last look really stood out for me because I think it was like Teresa said that as well it's like the first few looks like looked like were really strong that that parchment was beautiful mm. it was something I hadn't really seen before yeah. but it was the, the the look that she made herself there that just was like amazing to transform these materials into just I thought it was stunning I didn't like the the sort of tail at, at the back it felt a little unnecessary. It could have been detachable. You could clearly see that it, it all moved as one piece. It didn't sort of bend or sway. Like yeah. it, it did look a bit cumbersome. Mm-hmm. That was my only critique on that one. I think I did prefer the other two more. But I have to say, I think Drag Setless is my favourite and I was glad to see she did well in this episode. Yeah, and I think that the, this episode, like Drag Setless, kind of set themselves up as perhaps someone that I'm going to see in the top four. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Marina was next. Uh, so she gave us that... that um, theme of brides so the first one she was Okana which I believe is the wheat god bride uh, second one was the female liberation bride uh, with the sort of plastic dress and then the anti-bride was the third look the sort of like uh, gothy look I agree that this was in the bottom but not in the bottom two yeah I didn't get the bride's team running through it and in, in a way I kind of felt like particularly because like Marina really has like an interesting way of changing her like like Marina can be a very different person mm. each time she hits it so I think like tying it to this bride theme kind of almost hampered herself because like that I loved that second character but like the bride element of it sort of yeah like I kind of think like some kind of like an 80s trash queen is a fun thing and mm. I think she served it really convincingly and but the then, gum and the hair was such a fun idea I yeah thought. And I just was like, why have you added this additional unnecessary bit of the bride thing? The wheat thing, I just didn't get. And I also felt like if you're going to do like a wheat god, you need more than like, a, you know, a sort of a, a sachet of flavin's oats poured over you. You know, you need like, you need it to be like a proper well, I guess she's not hamper. a goddess made of wheat. She is the god of a good harvest, I guess. Well, it wasn't a very good harvest, yeah. if that's the case. <laughs> Poor yields this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, I agree my, the second look was my favourite I thought she looked amazing I thought the hair was super on her um, and again she looked really different from how she'd looked before so yeah but the third look was was scrappy yeah yeah it was yeah finally was Jirigi. Um she gave us the sort of monk with the sort of cumbersome reveal into Joan of Arc uh, she said who's the first trans man I thought they were non-binary or something but I, I know they're definitely gender fluid Joan of Arc but I didn't know they were trans man so that's interesting mm-hmm. um, I guess it's all speculation but um, the second look I liked but I didn't get the character she said it was like a Swedish baby doll dress which then revealed into this sort of lingerie with a hairy bush and then the third look was this sort of like Gautier Barbarella. Yeah. Um, I just think she is so compellingly beautiful. Mm. Uh, that first look was spectacular and like amazing as well to see her with like be able to like really convey the idea of like a trans man in, in the, the way that she created the makeup. Was, yeah. Was stunning. Um, and the second two I just thought were fine. 
Mm. I didn't think like there was anything special about. They were them. very similar shape, like yeah. they're both baby dolls. I guess ultimately. Yeah, I I I wasn't like blown away by either of them, but like I think that first look was so stunning. That yeah, it just it deserved to to be in the top for that. So yeah, she's in the top with Seth Lass and Benita. Uh, Sharon is safe for the first time. She's off in the top, and then you have Estrella and Marina and Diamante in the bottom two. I agreed with the judging of this. I thought it was fair. Yeah, I think that like there's no questioning that the judging was was spot on. Uh, to to this point, I don't necessarily know. Like if you're judging things like exactly as is, I don't mm. know that. Or if you uh, as presented plus within the lip sync, I don't know whether. Australia won that. Yeah. Oh, before we get there, Sharon gave us like a one queen show in 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 on her own. I thought very entertaining. Good, good for her. Don't waste a second. <laughs> exactly. Like Silky and that that Barbie girl lip sync. It's like you take your moment on TV <laughs> yeah. while you have it, but you have the whole camera to yourself. And it was nice for Sharita to come backstage. I thought. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it was interesting because I'd love to know, kind of to what degree I'd, I'd love to know when this was filmed so that I could know when like had yeah. drag had season three already aired by yeah, the time mm. they were because like is it like literally just this queen who none of them had ever heard of or known walked in they all gave her a very warm welcome yeah like there was no no but I'm just I'm like I want to know the time I want to see the receipts guys yeah that's fair because I think Crystal when she was on Drag Race Canada like it had only just aired or she'd only been kicked off UK 1 yeah. when that happened so yeah you're probably right but I'd, I'd love to know what Sharon really thinks it's like this 47 year old legendary queen in Barcelona is like being judged by this like 26 year old <laughs> fresh in drag she's just been like oh yeah okay whatever <laughs> 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 I should be hosting this goddamn show <laughs> um, so yeah Dennis Estrella versus Diamante to Rocio Jorado's Sono Sempios del Amor which I quite liked I thought it was a fun song yeah it was it, it had a lot of drama a, a lot, lot of drama, drama. Um, and I thought it was a very close lip sync the only thing I would call it on is the fact that Australia's nipple like plate fell off no, I, I, yeah I felt like as if that I, I was judging it on this as well um, maybe unfairly because I suppose you can't really help if you if your costume is poorly made and you're put into the bottom you kind mm. of have to do your, your, you have to just kind of make do with whatever you can but yeah I didn't feel like it was the strongest performance that I had um, seen and I thought that DeMonte kind of gave a more compelling one mm, I felt she emoted more yeah, yeah. Very glad that Australia isn't didn't gone, go. Though. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, Kara, as it stands now, going to episode seven, Sharon has two wins. Australia has one. Benita has one, and Sethless has one. And Marina and Jurigi have none. I would ask for Marina to leave next week, <laughs> and then I would request that Jurigi joined her in the room in the house the following week. In the house. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the hotel. Um. Benita is warming to me, but I'd happily see her go over Gigi. Yeah, I think that that would that's the swap I would make. the the three The top three I would like is Sharon, Sethless, and Estrella. They're they're the top three. Yeah, I, I think would that's like. fair. And Gigi and Vendita can battle out for that. Chop it up. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, I do like Marina's runways, but at this point, yeah, I don't know her. Couldn't tell you anything yeah. about her. 
Look, and I think like that's the, the, the probably the, the reason why I'm I'm warming more to to Jirigi than to to Vendita as well is just because you, we've gotten to see more of her, we've gotten to mm. understand more of her journey, and and I'm a bit more connected to her. And uh, yeah, she's losing the TV show game, not necessarily the drag game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Right, well, that's all from us this week. Um, we'll be back next week for episode seven of Espana. Meanwhile, if you want to head over to SistaPod on Instagram let us know your thoughts yeah are you going to be watching those ITV shows do you know what Matilda's surname was <laughs> oh I feel it's at the tip of my tongue but yeah <laughs> I just keep thinking of it's funny uh, yeah let us know and we'll talk to you then bye bye